Sweet potatoes, they're North Carolina state vegetable, and they're not just for Thanksgiving anymore. I'm Dee Shore, and on this episode of Farms, Food, and You, we'll explore the sweet success that North Carolina growers have achieved by filling a rising demand for this nutritious and delicious vegetable. Looking back on my childhood, I remember sweet potatoes being served in just a few ways. In the fall, my dad would bake them in the skin and serve them with fried fish and cornbread. And for Christmas and Thanksgiving, there were always sweet potato pies in those marshmallow-covered casseroles. But big changes in the sweet potato world had happened over the past 20 years. Today, you can whip up sweet potato hash for breakfast, order sweet potato fries with your burger, and add a hefty helping of vitamin A with the sweet potato salad on your dinner plate. Polish it off with a bit of vodka made from sweet potatoes and toss your dog a sweet potato treat. You can do this year-round, anytime you'd like. Sweet potato consumption has jumped, and that's had a positive impact on North Carolina's farm economy. The state leads the nation when it comes to sweet potato production. Daniel Tregeagle, an economist with NC State University, notes that North Carolina agriculture and agribusiness is worth $92 billion annually, and sweet potatoes are a small but significant part of that. The sweet potatoes are our most important specialty crop. Sweet potato production is worth about $350 million a year. Still, it's relatively small in the scheme of North Carolina agriculture as a whole. In North Carolina, as far as crops go, the sweet potato industry is about 6%. The majority of the crop value in North Carolina is coming from the large commodity crops like corn and soy and wheat, tobacco, cotton, peanuts. But fruits and vegetables have always been an important component of agricultural production and perhaps increasingly so as we learn more about the benefits of a healthy diet with lots of fruits and vegetables. Improved sweet potatoes are giving growers of North Carolina's commodity crops new options for diversifying at a time when profit margins for some crops are razor thin and the demand for one of our top crops, tobacco, is declining. Tregeagle explains. Sweet potatoes appear to be an attractive alternative to the traditional row crops for growers looking to diversify. My colleague Derek Washburn and I produced a sweet potato enterprise budget earlier this year, looking at the sample costs and returns to producing sweet potatoes in eastern North Carolina. And we found that the net returns to sweet potato production in the order of $1,000 per acre, which is really exciting in comparison to the traditional row crops, corn and soy and others, where the returns, if they are positive, are more like one to $200 per acre. As Michelle Granger, the new executive director of the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission explains, sweet potatoes can be grown throughout the state, but one region dominates. Out of our 100 counties in the state, sweet potatoes are actually able to be grown in 50 to 60 of those counties. Our largest counties that produce sweet potatoes are Wilson, Johnston, Nash, Edgecombe, and Sampson County. And so those counties that are all 
snuggled into one another right there at the 95 corridor is, is where we see the largest production. Last year, we registered, we being the state, registered around 94,000 acres of sweet potatoes. And it's my understanding 20 years ago, that number was around 40,000 acres. Where did that boom come from? We would not have that had it not been for the contribution and dedication of the commission, our farmers, Cooperative Extension, and NC State working together. Jonathan Schulteis agrees. He's been studying sweet potatoes and other specialty crops for over 30 years as a professor and extension specialist at NC State. He says there are a number of factors that push North Carolina ahead in sweet potato production. There's been a lot of development of products. So you can see sweet potatoes in alcoholic beverages. You can see them being used in cereals, in pet food, in different baking types of confections. I think the fact that it's a nutritional product really helps it as well because it's very good for you. Another thing that has helped is we have a variety that's been now available for the last decade and about a half. That provides something we consistently can produce. It has properties that the consumer likes and it does have excellent yields and excellent quality. That variety is Covington, developed by NC State's Craig Yencho and Ken Picota. Yencho says that when he came to NC State in the mid-1990s, North Carolina farmers told him they wanted something that produced a much more consistent crop than they got with Beauregard, a Louisiana-bred variety that had previously dominated the market. Yencho explains. Beauregard has the potential to be a really nice sweet potato, but Beauregard is very sensitive to the environment. It's sensitive to the planting time, soil, temperature, moisture conditions. You got to remember that sweet potato is a storage root, right? So it's a root kind of mining through the soil and it's very sensitive to those subtle changes in the soil environment, both below ground and above ground. And, and Beauregard could look beautiful in one field and really yield well. You could go across the road in another field that was planted maybe the same day or a couple of days afterwards under slightly different conditions and it would be totally different. Covington, We've always said it didn't out-yield uh, Beauregard, and it may not have been as pretty as Beauregard, but it is much more stable. And you could count on it performing and giving you a good solid yield and good solid pack out across fields and across seasons. While Covington played a significant role in North Carolina's emergence as the leading sweet potato producing state, it was only one factor. A lot of people say that a new variety is like the engine in a car. It drives the car, but you got to put all the other pieces around the car to really make it fly. Some of those other pieces also came out of NC State University. Research-based recommendations from Extension have helped lessen losses from diseases and conditions like black rot and internal necrosis. And a micropropagation unit has given growers access to clean planting stock that's rid of pathogens and tested for viruses. Yet another major piece was the sophisticated storage system that allowed North Carolina growers to provide a year-round supply of sweet potatoes. Developed in the 1990s, 
That system was the brainchild of NC State engineer Mike Boyette. Johnny Barnes, president of Barnes Farming in Springhope, says that before the system was developed, sweet potatoes that had been harvested in the fall would start to sprout or rot by spring. They would break dormancy and sprout, and when the sprouts grow, they don't stop growing. Sweet potatoes are a vine, and those vines would just keep growing, and it would suck the starch of the energy out of the sweet potato, and it would become pithy and cork-like and not palatable. It wouldn't have any weight, and it wouldn't be a good sweet potato to eat. Some farmers saw the losses as an inevitable part of producing sweet potatoes, but Boyette saw an opportunity. Sweet potatoes can be stored, if you give it the right condition, for a year. I mean, it's a storage route. That's mm-hmm. what nature designed it to do. Give it the right conditions, it will go for a year. problem was, was they would put these potatoes in these buildings, these buildings 20 foot tall, and they stacked these bins up. And what happens is they had no way to stir the air up in the room. And so what would happen is, is, is the temperature, you know, heat rises, and so up in the top, it would be... 80, 85 degrees, whereas down on the floor level, it might be 58 degrees, which is the correct temperature. To remedy the situation, Boyette designed methods for moving air through massive indoor storage facilities in ways that kept the temperature and humidity in the ideal range. Barnes says that development opened large markets. Now we ship sweet potatoes year-round, and by having sweet potatoes available year-round, Food service became an option. Chain restaurants, for uh, example, were willing to put sweet potatoes on the menu if they knew they had sweet potatoes year-round. They used not to see that. Another factor for sweet potato success was an energetic promoter who was a previous sweet potato commission director. Michelle Granger comments on her predecessor. Miss Sue Langdon really had this vision of taking this North Carolina Sweet Potato International and taking the sweet potato to steakhouses and to get on children's plates as sweet potato fries and so many other great focus areas that she pioneered and pushed and persevered through to get it out there. We're starting to see those really come home, so to speak, as far as this growth goes. Langdon's efforts coupled with those of visionary farmers, helped launch a substantial export industry. Again, economist Daniel Tregeagle. The U.S. exports around about $200 million worth of sweet potatoes every year. That's from a total value of around $600 million produced nationwide. The major trading partners are the U.K., which receives around a third of our sweet potatoes. Canada takes around a quarter. And then the EU takes the majority of the rest. And within the EU, the Netherlands is a major export partner. Preserving the export market is a key concern for those involved in North Carolina's sweet potato industry. Pepe Calderon, sales manager for Barnes Farming, predicts competition, especially from Spain, Egypt, and other countries that are entering the market. For the wages that we have to pay for labor here, we put them ourselves out of competition. Spain is competing with us, Borrega versus Covington, but they have the proximity to the consumer to start with. They are an advantage right now. That European market is getting to a point that they are starting. If there is sweet potatoes from Spain available, they want it local. 
one way the we can out, outrun the competition is continue specializing new varieties, you know, new taste patterns, new benefits, maybe nutrition benefits on the sweet potatoes that we sell. Hopefully we can improve our yields to justify and to balance out the production versus cost, but that's a big jump. While labor costs and foreign competition are concerns, so is a pest known as the guava root knot nematode. The tiny worm produces galls on sweet potatoes, reducing yields and causing early plant death. NC State has hired a nematode expert to work on solutions, while Yencho looks at ways to overcome the challenge through plant breeding. That's where I think new molecular breeding tools are really going to be helpful, because I really think we're going to have a marker that's linked to guava root knot nematode here within the next year, maybe year and a half, two years. And we're going to be able to use that marker to screen out germplasm that has resistance to guava root knot nematode. To remain competitive in the global marketplace, Schulteis, the NC State Extension Specialist, stresses the need for greater efficiency and continued high quality, inside and out. It's imperative that we have the quality. Each load, every load we ship is really good and, and can be depended upon. And also to be able to produce the sweet potatoes in a way and market them in a way that's really efficient. Because if we don't do that, we will cease to become competitive in time. I think we just need to move forward and continue to push the envelope and always be looking for ways to improve our efficiencies. Schulteis says such efficiencies could come from the university's work with the industry. I think it's been a really good partnership between the university and extension research and industry. I think it's been great because we are tackling things that need to be addressed and we need to continue to do that so that we stay on the cutting edge and can remain competitive worldwide basically. That partnership has yielded wins for farmers and it's also yielded sweet success for consumers in North Carolina and beyond. It's what Johnny Barnes calls a win-win. My mom used to say about dieting, she said, my rule of thumb is if it tastes good, you should spit it out. Not with sweet potatoes. Not only is it good to you, it's good for you. Can't beat it. It's a winner both ways. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of Farms, Food, and You. To learn more about the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and our podcast, visit Go ncsu.edu slash farms. While you're there, share your thoughts. We'd love to get your ideas and to hear what topics you'd like for us to explore in the future.